This is the Travel and Van Life podcast from Jits into the Sunset. We're Tanya and Adam, and this is the podcast where we talk all things travel, adventure, and road trips. Through our experience and with conversations with others who, like us, have chosen an alternative lifestyle. Hello, and welcome back to the Jits into the Sunset podcast. And if you're new here, we're Tanya and Adam, uh, aka Jits into the Sunset, and we're travel filmmakers. Yeah, we live in a rusty van who keeps breaking down, but we somehow keep going. We somehow keep going. We're trying to drive her to Italy. So if you're at all interested in that, go check us out on YouTube, um, where we will be filming the whole operation. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we make it. So in this episode of the podcast, we are doing an interview with Sophie, Challenge Sophie, as some of you may know her by, an absolutely incredible person. Who Who is she, Tanya? What does she get up to? Yeah, Sophie's a legend. She is an adventurer and an endurance athlete who happens to live in her camper van. So when we think about this podcast and the type of guests that we love having on, anything to do with travel, adventure, alternative lifestyle, van life, I mean, this is it. She embodies all of that and more. We're really, really excited to introduce her to you. She is the only person in history to have ever climbed the highest mountains in the eight alpine countries and cycled between them. So in essence, she has climbed five times the height of Mount Everest in 32 days. She has also cycled 300 kilometers from London to Paris in 24 hours on nine separate occasions. As if once wasn't enough. As if once wasn't enough. (laughs) As she's completed multi-sport adventure races across the world. She's raced her bike coast to coast across the USA, completed 100 kilometer ultra marathons and is a two-time Ironman finisher. But beyond her athletic accomplishments, she's also founded a project called Trailblazers, which is focused on helping school girls build confidence and tackle mental health issues for adventure and community which we think is incredibly important work and really an inspirational project yeah and one of the things that has really inspired me about sophie is that she didn't come from a sporty and athletic background not at all actually which is we'll get into it when the conversation but she came from background of, you know, kind of partying, drinking, and and then she decided to challenge herself. And so we're really, really excited to share her story with you. We hope that it resonates with you, it inspires you, and it inspires you to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and take the leap and follow your own goals and ambitions because she's all about building confidence in yourself and, you know, throwing yourself into something and believing that you can and then so you will. Earlier in the week we met up with Sophie. She came over to Jitters, aka Jits, our little home on wheels and also a little podcast studio on wheels. Um, and we had a great conversation about her life's journey effectively. And I just want to say just before we get into this conversation that even though we've just listed off all the incredible achievements and accomplishments that Sophie has made. She is a very humble, very down-to-earth person and she's all up for giving advice on like small steps to how to achieve smaller goals and and that's something that we found really amazing about. There's no ego whatsoever. And yeah, the conversation is is a great conversation. It's actually a bit of an emotional roller coaster of a conversation. 
Tanya, you got quite emotional throughout this one. Yeah, we touched on some personal topics. It was a very good conversation and we hope that you enjoy it as much as we did. I am so excited that you're here in the flesh. Sophie, welcome into JITS. Thank you so much. It's so exciting to be here. It's been a long time coming, so it's really awesome. Yeah, it really has. We have been internet friends for, I want to say, probably just over a year. And yeah, it's so great to finally meet in person. And um, yeah, after our voice notes online, to actually have you here and to be able to sit down, have a chat, share your story. And yeah, just to set the scene... Um, we are currently at a campsite in beautiful, sunny Cornwall. Right next to Newquay. Yeah, right next to Newquay. And we have spent the evening together yesterday watching a beautiful sunset. Yeah, and talking non-stop for about six hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was, at what time did we get to bed last night? Yeah, it was a late night and we're not used to late nights <laughs> as span lifers. We're, we're early birds mostly. And yeah. being in our 30s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we were we were chatting till all hours last night, um, watching the sunset, having dinner in jits. And it's just so great to be able to sit down with you, have this conversation and be able to share your story, your experiences um, with everyone that's listening. So Welcome. We're so glad for you to be here. Oh, well, it's an absolute honor for me to be here too, guys. I mean, I've followed your journey for many years and um, uh, yeah, it's just it's just great. After us talking so much and kind of leapfrogging each other around the country, trying to figure out where we could actually meet in our vans. Like you said, now we're here in beautiful Cornwall and yeah, I mean, your podcast is incredible. So I'm just really honoured to be here today. Thank you. Oh, oh thank you thank so you much. Very much. And I love the fact that your van is parked right next to Jits as well. <laughs> no, it's yeah, so we cool. can literally reach out the window and touch your van. <laughs> <laughs> so for those that are not yet familiar with you and your journey, let's just quickly just jump into the fact that you live in a van. How long have you been doing it? And uh, you're a solo van lifer. How is that? Yeah, so I bought my van in 2019 and um, basically found this fantastic company called Van Life Bills to do the conversion for me. And I picked it up in February 2020. So I was really excited. I had a whole summer of van life plans planned as, as many of us did for 2020. But obviously the world had different uh, ideas. Mm-hmm. And um, so then once we came out of lockdown in May 2021, I was so excited and to pick up my van and go on adventure. I went straight up to Scotland, which is my favourite place on the planet. And I've basically been in my van mostly since then. Um, I've got a couple of bases that I can stay with friends and family around the UK. And I travel a lot for my work abroad as well. Um, but yeah, mainly been in my van all around, all around the UK and spent a lot of last summer down in Cornwall. And I'm back here for the rest of this summer. And I just absolutely love it. It's good. You seem to take it quite slow in terms of your traveling because you like lots of van lifers will kind of like do a whole lap of like Europe and Scandinavia in like six months or something. (laughs) Obviously, we're not like that at all. And it doesn't seem like you are as well, because you're planning to be here in Scotland, sorry, in Scotland, in Cornwall for the whole summer, like you said. So what what is it about being in one place in the van that you like? Like, why are you choosing to, to do van life that way, where so many people would be constantly on the move? Yeah, I think it completely depends, um, you know, on on different people's lifestyle. But for me, the van is, you know, there's there's a difference between deciding to go on a van trip and explore Europe, like you said. And I would love to do that, but it just hasn't felt like the right time yet. 
for me, the van is more my home. You know, it's my happy place. I absolutely love being in it. Like it, it enables me to have the lifestyle that I want at the moment. I love being in the UK when I'm not away for, for work or whatever. I love being here. Um, I love being active. I love being outside. And I love being in my little space. And I don't currently own a property. So basically, that's just the way that I'm doing it. And the reason I'm in Cornwall so long at the moment is because I want to actually set up a base here. And, you know, I think anyone who's lived in a van for any period of time will will totally relate to how much admin constantly goes into that. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to kind of culminate <laughs> the the admin that goes into living with a van and also the total amazing distraction of constantly wanting to be outside doing fun stuff with also running a business. Mm-hmm. So I've decided to come down here to set myself up and create a bit of a routine and that stability. So I've almost like my van's my home and it's it's, you know, I'm not moving around every day so I can remove loads of that life admin and actually put my energy into other areas of my life and business. So you've basically just got a beautiful stationary tiny home that has the option to drive around if you needed to. Exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. And that can be the catalyst for all of the outdoor adventures that you are known for and that you love. So with that, I'd love to chat with you about your story. You are known as Challenge Sophie Online. Why is that? Why, when people think of you, do they think challenge, endurance? Tell us about it. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. I think it, uh, the name actually came around just something sitting around the kitchen table with my mum back in like 2008 when I did my very first challenge. Um, so I'd graduated from university. I went down to London um, and I was looking for a job and you know, I, I had this really exciting feeling of like, finally, I'm an adult and I get to go out into the world and create my life. And, you know, I had all these dreams and aspirations and cool jobs that I thought I could try and get. And I tried applying for jobs in, in great, interesting companies or charities that were really doing work that I felt passionate about. And I got absolutely nowhere. Um, and in the end, I took a job doing sales for a tech startup. And it was literally the last thing I'd ever imagined myself doing. Like, I never imagined myself working in office nine to five. And But, you know, it was a job and I was like, I'm going to throw myself into it like it's my dream job and see what I can make of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but about six months into that, I felt just like this isn't the place that I'm going to find the answers to all the burning questions I have about life. Mm-hmm. And those were, you know, who am I? What am I here to do? What are my limits? You know, just really, how am I going to grab this life that that we have and go and make something of myself and make something of this life? So I decided I needed a challenge and um, I was scouring the internet, trying to find something that inspired me. And I found this adventure race in the jungle of Borneo um, and I signed up for it. And it was like my first proper holiday um, using the money that I was getting paid. And I thought, I really want to do something really meaningful. You know, now I'm I'm an adult and I'm getting paid a salary um, I want to do something to kind of mark the occasion. And I went off to the jungle with 40 people I'd never met before. Um, I trained for it really hard for six months. I was overweight and unfit before then and spending loads of time in the pub as a, you know, recent graduate. And all of that kind of started to shift when I started to train and I was going doing military boot camps in the parks and cycling to work and it's just like really cool, this amazing journey that I started to go on. And then when I went and did the challenge, it completely changed my life. It was it was just like this light bulb moment where I was standing on top of the mountain where the race finished. And I just felt like this is how I'm going to find out how to be the person that I've always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, this is how I'm going to build confidence and be confident in who I am and, and be resilient and be someone who can be brave in life and go out and take risks and stuff like that. And so, yeah, it just, it was just like this light bulb moment. It lit this fire inside of me. And then I came back to London, went back to my job and just started like pursuing that feeling more and doing like, what challenge can I do next? What's inspiring me next? And it led to this incredible journey over, I guess, the next few years whilst I was still working in my startup roles, um, where I would just, on my weekends and my holidays, I would like go and climb Mont Blanc or do a triathlon or cycle London to Paris in 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And it just went from one challenge to the next at each time I was building my confidence, building my fitness, building my mindset to be able to endure adversity and tough, you know, these kind of the challenging things that come with the weather and the fatigue and all of that kind of stuff. And um, I just absolutely loved it. And it just, it completely and utterly lit me up and it created this incredible domino effect in my life where like, for example, I'd go on a Friday evening and we'd cycle London to Paris in 24 hours and we'd be back on Sunday, back into work on Monday morning. And everyone was like, oh, so how was your weekend? And I just felt completely invincible. It was just like, just come at me, world. Like, whatever you've got, mm -hmm. I can take this because I cycled 200 miles to London to Paris on, on Friday and Saturday. I just absolutely loved it. And I was kind of like getting people to come and do stuff with me or meeting people and learning about nutrition, learning about training and all this kind of stuff. And just, yeah, it was just an absolutely incredible journey. And that's then when I did decide to quit my job um, in 2012, late 2012, I knew that I wanted to go out into the world and champion this message of if you challenge yourself, you can, you know, you can build confidence. And if you do the things that are difficult and scary, then you can actually change your mindset about how you are, who you are, and that can change your life. One of the things that is really interesting is that you've talked about how you were unfit, you were, you know, going to the pub, having a bit of a party life because you were a recent graduate. What <laughs> was it that makes you be that person and then go, cool, I'm going to sign up to this incredibly challenging thing in Borneo that I haven't trained for and it's gonna it's just it's a is it a light switch? What was it? Was it was it a conversation that you had? Was it a quote that you read? Was it a book? Was what what inspired you? Because I think so many people listening can relate to the fact that you look at someone like you that has achieved all of this and you go, Well, you know, good for you, but I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. Like why, for example, didn't you go and lie on a beach in Spain for your yeah. holiday and yeah. spend money doing that and doing something, you know, quote unquote, comfortable yeah. rather than putting yourself quite clearly out of your comfort zone by the sounds of it? Or do a 5k, yes. you know, a half marathon, which would be far more sensible as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's it's a, still a challenge. I like it's, I like it's the first step. Yeah, just really chuck it? yourself into the deep end. That is exactly what I do. Um, I do throw myself into the deep end. Um, I think to answer your question, Tanya, it's always been inside me, this ambition to 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 find out who I am. I have always been really inspired by heroic stories and, you know, films and stuff like that. But where there's some kind of like underdog or someone who, you know, people don't believe in or they don't, you know, and they, I don't know, just, just that fire. And I think that every single one of us has it inside of us. And I'm not for a moment suggesting that everyone should go and sign up to an adventure race in Borneo. But I think that all of us have this desire inside of us to 
find out who we are and what we're actually capable of doing. Mm -hmm. And that was the light bulb moment for me was that I feel that a lot of the education system is preparing you to get these great results. And then you go to university and the whole time you're striving for excellence as much as you can. And then when you get out into the world and you get a job, often the message is completely different. It's just, you know, a lot of jobs that we get as as young graduates, they they don't push us to our limits. Mm -hmm. They don't, they're not set up to help us explore our potential. You know, like you never find a boss to to graduate being like, hey, I really see that. I mean, sometimes maybe I really see this in you. Let's let's help you. Let's work on this. I really want to challenge you. You know, it's it's down to us to do that. And I just found that situation that I found myself in really confusing because I was like, oh, okay. well, I felt like maybe the work was the area of my life that I was going to really be able to, you know, explore my potential in, but it's clearly not. To escape the kind of lack of fulfillment that I felt there and the boredom, really, because I was doing cold calling. I mean, it's the same thing day in, day out. Um, I decided, right, well, I'm going to go somewhere in the world where there are no limits and there are no boxes. And actually, I can, the, what you know, what I can achieve is really the limit of what my mindset can perceive and what my body can actually do. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the working environment, it's not like that. That's yeah, it's incredible. So you kind of, it sounds like you kind of found this alternative lifestyle accidentally because we had a question from Sarah Everett and she says, did you always aspire to have this alternative lifestyle and what inspired you to live in this way? But it sounds like you never really did plan on this. It kind of just accidentally happened. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, I think when I was younger, I, I never imagined that I would be working in an office. And I think a part of me always thought that I would do something, you know, I wanted to travel and stuff like that. But then when you get older, you realise actually you kind of need to, you know, you need to earn, you want to earn money and you want to be, you want to kind of like make something of yourself. Um, so that's why I found myself in the in the sort of more corporate environment. And I did love it. You know, there's parts of it I loved. I, I made loads of incredible friends there. I learned so much. Um, and that really helped me then launch what I'm doing today. Um, it helped me launch Challenge Sophie. You know, it gave me the experience to be able to go out there and build relationships with brands and and also a lot of it about understanding the internet and building communities and stuff like that. So um, I think it really helps. But yeah, I definitely didn't sort of like always think that I was going to live in a van. Absolutely not. <laughs> I never saw that. <laughs> and also, even when I quit my job, like Instagram was tiny and Twitter was, you know, I started out going on Twitter and that was like bigger than Instagram at that time. But there wasn't really like travel blogging or social media influencers or creators. So it's not like I kind of saw that life and thought, oh, I could do that. I just basically decided that the path that I was in, I, I knew it was the wrong path for me, but I was super committed to it and, and motivated. But when it did come to the end of the road, then I was like, it's time for me to do something different. I was 27. Um And I just, I thought, you know, if not now, when? Because I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have kids. You know, I know that the older you get, the more you kind of put those responsibilities onto your life. And then the harder it is to walk away. Like it was already incredibly difficult to walk away from the life that I'd built and the security and the the financial security and support that I, I had within the company that I was working for. So, yeah, I just basically took the opportunity and said, now's the time and what's the worst that can happen? And and then just take it step by step. And the first thing I did was I moved out to Chamonix in the French Alps because I really wanted to live there after falling in love with mountaineering. And um, I used to spend my summers there. And so that was the dream for me. Let's go and live in the mountains. And then I've come back to London since then. And, you know, 
like it's just been an absolutely wild journey. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. It's going back to something you said at the beginning when you said, you know, when you were younger, you never visualised yourself working in an office. I guess it depends how far you go back when you mean younger, but no kid really grows up aspiring to work in an office, I don't think. Very yeah. few kids do. Everyone wants to do something like, mm-hmm. you know, be an astronaut, be a vet, whatever it is. But somewhere throughout the process of growing up, that gets eliminated and you can't do that and you start to see this new version of how reality has to be, mm-hmm. then you start working towards going into an office. And it's kind of almost what you've done is you've, and a lot of people who have, you know, taken alternative lifestyles, is they've kind of gone back to thinking as they were when they were a kid. It's like, okay, well, what do I actually really want to do and what actually excites me? And, and then it's really hard to pull yourself away from the roots that you've set down mm-hmm. to then go back and be able to think freely like a kid, like, what do I actually want to do? Absolutely. There's no real question in that. <laughs> no, I think that's a, a, an absolutely bang-on summary of it. And I, and I think sometimes the best parts of being an adult, the, when the things that you do that make you feel like a kid again, and when I'm in my van, I feel it's just brilliant. And I think that's part of what I try to sort of share is like, why do we lose this, this childlike sense of wonder and awe about our lives? And that's the part that I said to you I found so confusing because it was like your whole life is sort of building up to this monumental moment when you get to go and be an adult and decide what you're going to do and make something of yourself. And then it just feels really like boring and it feels a bit like a letdown and like, oh, everyone hates their job. That's normal. Don't don't think that you're going to love your job and you're going to feel fulfilled every day. And, you know, that's why we all go to the pub after work, because we want to drown our sorrows. And I kind of did that for a while and I was like, this isn't a long-term strategy for me. <laughs> no, it's so not, a, not a long-term strategy for happiness, is it? Living yeah. for the weekend. Because the very definition of living for the weekend is, okay, five out of the seven days I have of my life, yeah. I'm just trying to get through so I can get to the other two days. And that's just not, like you say, it's not sustainable for a long-term vision of being content and being happy. And, and you know, there might there might be people listening to this podcast who are in that situation. So, you know, we're not saying that our way is is the best way. We're just saying that we this is how we feel yeah. that we're living at the moment that feels right for us. And all we can do is share this with your listeners and say, you know, if there is a part of somebody listening to this that feels like, you know, they do feel unfulfilled. I mean, I've had that. Like I was really depressed in, in, in my job at some some stages and really unfulfilled. And it was that that ultimately drove me. I was like, I can't feel this way because you know, we're such big energy people. And when you're doing something every single day that kind of sucks that energy out of you, you just feel like you're kind of sleepwalking through life. To go back to your question, Tanya, there wasn't one big like epiphany or quote or something like that. Um, it was just, is this com- culmination of, of you know, mindset and then building up the, the confidence and courage that I built up through many years of these challenges. It was almost like it, cu- it came with quite a big responsibility because before I, I could have said, Um, oh no, um, I could have looked at someone's lifestyle like you guys and said, that's not for me because I'm not brave enough or, you know, I'm not that self-reliant or something like that. But all of my challenges taught me that, you know, bringing that control of my life back into my own hands and it showed me that no one's going to help you achieve anything that you want, but no one's going to stand in your way either. Actually, if you really you want something, what you can achieve is absolutely mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And it's this constant process of kind of leveling up. You know, you challenge yourself, you push through some barriers, you raise your confidence, you raise, you know, how you feel about yourself, and then you raise the bar again. And that process can just continue and continue and continue. And that's the life that I want to live. 
Yeah, and actually, if, if we just go back to talking about working in an office, one of the things that sprung to mind is that actually, you know, my background was similar to you, you know, working in, in the area of marketing, specifically advertising. I was working crazy long hours. And the thing about it is that I absolutely loved my job. I loved it. Um, I, you know, the people, like you said, the people, the energy, the work, and um, it just, it, it, it gave me fire. It fueled me. I felt challenged. I pushed myself at work and I just got so much joy out of it. At the same time, it was also high stress, high pressure. And I also didn't have other things to compare it to. So I threw myself into the corporate world. I had challenged myself to just to keep climbing that ladder. And that's the thing that fueled me. And now spending time outdoors, doing things for the first time, you know, swimming with seals or going on hikes. And I then realized like, oh, I thought that that was that there was just this one way that was going to like give me fulfillment but actually just delving into that other world I realized no I can also be extremely passionate and happy and challenge myself in this way so I think equally there could be people listening to this that feel content and fulfilled in their office jobs but maybe they haven't you know explored things like going kayaking like I did for the first time recently so yeah 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 I think I think the living for the weekend thing when I was when I said that I meant that specifically for people who actively didn't enjoy that job because yeah. there's a lot to be said for the nine to five I definitely don't poo-poo the idea of doing a nine to five job I think poo-poo. I think poo-poo <laughs> oh, I've never heard that have you never heard that no. <laughs> ever or just from Adam ever really no oh my god well, I go, you're not laughing more then it's <laughs> such a funny thing to say yeah, but it. it is a thing right yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm not knocking, let's say that again, eh? I'm not knocking the idea of a nine to five job at all. And I think there's a lot to be said for it. And often, you know, when we're living in a van, like part of the reason that you want to be parked up and not moving is because you want the kind of structure. Yeah. And so structure and doing a job you can enjoy mm-hmm. is definitely something that, uh, you know, I know a lot of people do and there's nothing. Absolutely. I'm not trying to talk people out of that. I think that's great. It's just when you are doing your Monday to Friday just getting through it for the weekend, I think that's when you need to sit back and question, okay, am I making the choices that are right for me here? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and it's it's an ongoing, constant process. I mean, there's times when we, you know, don't enjoy what we're doing and that's not the be all and end all. But I think ultimately creating something that you love mm-hmm. and that's a way of life is really exciting. And yeah, similar to you, Tanya, like I basically started working for this startup and I was doing business development. I was part of a team. I stayed there for a couple of years. They sold the business and then my bosses went on and created a new startup and they invited me over to be part of They had the, the five founders and then they invited a couple of people over to be part of this founding team. And they set the bar high from the from day one. They were like, we're going to build this into one of the UK's fastest growing tech startups. And they basically gave me an opportunity to launch my own division, to build my own team, to hire people, to train them, you know, and I absolutely loved that. Um, and I was just... I was buzzing and I literally was like going and doing these challenges and then coming back into work with this monumental amount of energy and ambition and finding myself in an environment that totally enabled me to thrive because, you know, they were, we just grew incredibly quickly. And so I think that's the thing as well. It de- definitely depends on what kind of environment you work in. I mean, I 
up until the time when I quit my job, I could kind of go to my bosses with any idea and they would pretty much say yes to it and say, yeah, we love that because it was always in pursuit of building the business and building a fantastic company culture and stuff like that. So, you know, I wasn't always really unfulfilled. I actually really, really loved it. And most of my friends were really, like, really, 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 really shocked when I told them I was quitting. Mm-hmm. They were really shocked. They were just like, why would you leave? Like, this company is only going one way. I had share options in it. We had loads of fun. We were building this, you know, amazing company. So why did you leave? Um, Because it wasn't the right time for me. And I'd also, I was looking for a new challenge within that company. And the the message that was coming back to me was stay in your lane, stay in your box, do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And similar to what you said as well, like when you're, when you're in when you're in an environment, you basically you, you kind of almost define your own definition of success based on what you can literally see right in front of you. Mm-hmm. So all of all of the people who were in senior management positions were going to get on the board. And that was what I thought, well, then I should be, you know, aiming to try and get on the board. And when I started to have those conversations, it felt like the door was slammed in my face and the message was, oh, no, 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 we just want you to stay here and just tick over and, you know, all these kind of things. And I was thinking, okay, I could literally do this and this would, I know exactly what this path will look like. I know we'll sell the company in two, three years time. I know I'll get a payout from that. I'll know I'll stay here. But, you know, to me, it felt like trading I was basically I decided in that moment if I make this decision now that will become part of who I am and I I was so worried that I would be somebody that would choose money and security and safety over what I really wanted to do and who I really was and you know be bold and go out and live my life and to some people that might sound completely crazy but like I said, I'd, I'd built, I'd harnessed this fire inside of me for so many years. It's always within me. And then I'd done all these challenges and I'd got myself to this point. I was so galvanized and I was like, okay, do I stay here and do what's safe and secure and known? Or do I jump off a cliff and go out into the world and do something that is completely unknown? But the thought of it excites me and lights me up like nothing I've ever known before. And I feel like I've got the tools to be able to navigate whatever the world throws at me so let's go and do it (laughs) because when you quit your job did you have you if I'm right I'm thinking you didn't really have a clear vision about what you were quitting your job for you just knew you wanted something else absolutely so how did that go about how did you find yourself where you are now so um yeah I had a very clear vision that it was about this concept around challenging yourself but I had no idea how I was going to do that Um, And the whole process from even thinking about quitting my job to leaving was literally about four weeks. Like once I started to think about it, it happened very quickly. And I consulted a few people and there was this um, guy who I'd met. He he was coming. I hired him actually to come into the office to do some leadership training with the senior management team. And he he was sort of I, I really resonated with him. And he we were talking about things and he was sort of giving advice. And he was like, why don't you go and propose this? And I'd gone back with quite a few proposals to my boss, my bosses. And it felt like the door was being slammed again in my face. Um, and the answer was no. And um, and in the end, I remember calling him up and I said, I'm at my wits end. You know, I've just there's other stuff going on, you know, but I was just you know, there's loads of stuff going on and I won't go into it now, but like company politics and all that kind of stuff. And I just, I didn't, I didn't feel great. I, for about six months, I was really upset and and just feeling like, yeah, I just didn't, I just didn't feel good. And or valued, valued basically. Yeah. I was going to say that. Um, and basically I, I turned around to this guy, James and said, what should I do? And he said to me, Sophie, a ship in a harbor is safe, 
but that's not what a ship was built for, go sailing. And I thought about it and I was like, and then when I started thinking about what I actually could do with my life, it was almost like no turning back. It was like when I let myself dream about all the other aspects of my life and my passions and the different things that I was into and like could I take people on adventures could I work in youth development could I take young girls out and and help them build their confidence through the outdoors you know could I travel could I build a laptop lifestyle like when I started to think about those things and I realized people are doing that so if they're doing it then why can't I do it and yeah it just happened very quickly um and I was out and <laughs> Um, it was utterly petrifying um, when I first sort of sat down day one trying to figure out what on earth I was going to do. But I literally took out a blank piece of paper and I just mind mapped the different areas of my life and different things. And I just got to work and I hustled and sent emails out every single day and made connections and like met with people. And originally I, I, I got um, I started doing freelance business development for startups because that was something that, you know, I knew I could do. So I did that like a few days a week and I started to build my blog and build Challenge Sophie and get onto Twitter because I wasn't on Instagram and be part of this community of people that were challenging themselves and um, learn how to build community through social media and stuff and build relationships with brands and I really still had no idea what this thing was and I was getting loads of opportunities um, from people that I was meeting to go and like build their companies or work with them on their visions and stuff like that. And they were like, will you come and run this for me? And I kind of investigated all those opportunities and then I thought, well, hold on a sec, I haven't come this far to then go and put my efforts into someone else's dream. And at the same time, Challenge Sophie was like bubbling away over here in the corner and I was like, oh, this is really interesting you know, actually, like this could turn into something. So I need to just find a way that I can make some money, but also have time to focus on Challenge Sophie. And then over time, I just sort of, you know, I had the mindset of like, I remember once getting paid £50 to write an article for a magazine on my London Paris bike ride. And I thought, okay, that's that's a seal of approval. Like someone has now paid me to be a writer mm -hmm. and I can turn £50 into £500 into £5,000, mm -hmm. you know, effectively. So um, I just basically built it out from there. And then I moved to Chamonix and then I went on this uh, really big expedition um, called the Alpine Coast to Coast. Do you want to talk about that? Yes, please. <laughs> um, so I'd always felt like I could do something bigger than the challenges that I'd, you know, that I'd done. And most of them were sort of like, you know, one day events, maximum or a few hours kind of thing. And I met this uh, friend of mine, a guy called Sean Conway, who's a big adventurer. Some of you guys might know him. Um, and he invited me to go and do this thing with him called the Three Peaks Cycle Challenge, where we um, did the Three Peaks Challenge that a lot of people know about. But we also cycled between the mountains over three days. What are the Three Peaks challenges for those listening? Okay, I don't so know. the Three Peaks is, uh, uh, is, is in the UK. You climb the three highest mountains in England, Scotland and Wales mm -hmm. in 24 hours. Um, or like I said, you could do it however you want to do it. Um, but we cycled between it. So we, we basically started in Wales. We climbed Snowdon at five o'clock in the morning. We cycled 150 miles to the Lake District, slept for four hours, oh climbed Scaffold Pike, cycled 150 miles. No, that doesn't work. That doesn't work because there was 450 miles in total. Anyway, <laughs> um, and we <laughs> finished. A lot of cycling. Yeah, a lot of climbing. Cycling, <laughs> lot of climbing. And that completely blew my mind. And I was like, right, that was the 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 link between all the things I'd done before and now what I could do in the future. Mm -hmm. So I sat on my laptop and I thought this concept of doing cycling and climbing mountains, I really loved it. 
And I looked to Europe and I thought, why don't I, um, which is what I ended up doing, creating this adventure called the Alpine Coast to Coast, which no one else in the world has ever done. And I cycled through the eight Alpine countries. Um, so basically like, all the way through the Alps and climbed the highest mountains in each country along the way. Maybe want to talk about that in more detail in a minute, but what I'd just like to say to wrap up, because I realise I've been talking for quite a long time. That's the whole point. That's what this podcast is. <laughs> That's what it is. I've, I've gotten goosebumps already. I, my eyes have actually welled up a bit. I'm a very emotional person. So as you're saying all And you're things, tired. I know. And yeah, because it was a late night. But no, I genuinely, it does really, it, it, it fuels me. It inspires me because I'm thinking like, wow you have done these things and we'll get to this later but like you you didn't grow up being a sporty person and and I just I feel motivated by hearing you do all these things so we'll talk about this so please continue <laughs> I just want to say as well quickly it's really fascinating because what you did is you and I, I just thought of this concept now but basically you gave what you were doing a name challenge Sophie right so you kind of branded it up but without that you're just a person off traveling and doing things but you turned it into a brand by giving it a name and then being able to like write about it as a challenge Sophie rather than just oh I'm just Sophie doing a thing and like, also naming those challenges so like the Alpine coast to coast mm. so then you taking a concept packaging it up and then that way you know you can sell that idea to it, others yeah it kind of becomes something bigger than you when you brand it up and, and put it out there like that yeah. It's really just fascinating how that worked. I don't know. I kind of that was a bit of an off-piste kind of no, I love it. observation. It's great. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, I don't even know where the name Alpine Coast to Coast came from, but it sounds it sounds exciting. It sounds like something I want to do. And I got sponsored by Adidas for that, which yeah. was you know, I mean, I had maybe I can't remember. I think I maybe had like a thousand followers on, on Instagram or something. Wow. I had a bigger Twitter following, but it wasn't wow. about that. And they absolutely loved it because they they were quite big on like outdoor cycling and, and outdoor basically and yeah they got involved um they came they sent a film crew we made this really beautiful film together um but i have to watch that i haven't watched that <laughs> yeah we're gonna I'm embarrassed make... enough that um, no it's only that. like it's only like six it's only like 90 seconds we'll link it in the show yeah, notes for people to check out yeah sounds really cool but i think what i was gonna say about this whole thing was just that it, it blew my mind massively um I remember, you know, so many thoughts went through my mind when I was on this, but a few years before me doing the Alpine Coast to Coast, you know, I didn't have a bike. I the, the concept of cycling 10 miles was ludicrous to me. Um, you know, being like you said, I didn't grow up doing this. Um, I really I did a lot of sport at school, but we were horrendous at it and we lost all the time. I mean, like every time. And yeah, I wasn't sporty. I never went adventuring with my family. But I just for me, it was like that that real like thing in my heart that just inside me, this drive and this desire to go out and and prove to myself what I could do if I really put my mind on it. And you know how like you know, if we're lucky enough to have a best friend or a partner that we feel like we can call on no matter what mm -hmm. goes and that person's always going to be there for you and always going to help you get through anything. I remember thinking I wanted to to show myself that I could sh I could call on myself like that mm. no matter what happens. And I think that is what's so incredible when you challenge yourself is that it becomes part of who you are and, and no one would ever be able to take that away from you. And you then everything that you face in your life, you have this this mindset that kicks in when you think, I can't do that, whether it's, 
applying for a job interview or breaking up from a relationship that's not good for you or moving countries or getting a van or changing your lifestyle, whatever it is that you want to do. We, we all have those doubts that kick in and say, I don't know if I can do this. But that voice then will kick in and say, yes, you can, because you got through that mm-hmm. and you were the girl that cycled or you, you did that marathon or you pushed through that time when you thought that you really couldn't do that and you proved to yourself that you could. Mm. And I just, I'm getting goosebumps now, but... Like when you said, did I have a clear vision? Like I knew that was my clear vision. Mm. I didn't know how that was going to, Mm. but I knew the why. And I was very clear on that. And I was like, surely this has got to be one of the most powerful concepts like in the world, because we all want to be confident. We all want to believe in ourselves. We all want to do stuff like stuff with our lives and not feel like we've got to the end of our lives and we think, oh, we should have, or we would have, or we could have, if only, you know, if and when kind of thing. Mm. You know, we want to be people that are like, yeah, I did that. But in order to be somebody that says, yeah, I did that or yeah, I'm going to do that or I'm doing this, you need to to create that confidence inside yourself that helps you believe that you actually can. So one of the things I'd love to talk about then is, is obviously to have the follow through to complete a challenge like this, to train for it. And not only do you have to take the first step and believe in yourself, have the confidence, sign up and, you know, you know, tell your 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 friends and your family and, and really commit to it. But you also have to be consistent, right? We can all relate to New Year's resolution or on Monday, I'm going to start X or the beginning of the month. But then, you know you get comfortable it's just easier not to go out and do the exercise or you know not train or whatever it is how do you then continue to be consistent when it comes to exercise for example because we've got a great question here from Grace O'Donovan and she said how do you stay motivated to keep exercising long term long term being the key because how old were you when you really then started to take training seriously um, I would say that I was probably 21, 20, 22, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then how how did you continue to exercise and long term? Well, what, what was the thing? Every time that you got comfortable and you didn't want to do it, do you have a mantra? Do you say something to yourself or...? All of the above. Yeah. <laughs> and also loads of morning. The reason I just giggled then, because I just you know, had a flashback to myself, like how many mornings I would lie in bed and my alarm would go off and I would, you know, have this debate with myself. I really don't want to go. It's raining. It's dark outside. You know, it's six o'clock in the morning. I really don't want to go. And all the excuses. Can I miss it? Can I miss it? Can I do it after work? Can I do this? Blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, Sometimes, of course, I gave in and I stayed in bed and I felt really smug about that. <laughs> um, but but then I would just make myself go because I would be like, no, I'm going to feel so much better when I do it. And, you know, I, that's often how I look at it now is like, I want to achieve things in my life. I want to be energized. I want to be motivated. And exercise is, is the way that I get that energy and motivation. Um, I think it's also like, I think that this question is so interesting because, and I would always say that no matter what I can say, it's not going to change anyone else's mindset because it has it has to come from within you and it has to be whatever your personal why is. And, you know, obviously being fit is great, feeling physical confidence because I had a lot of body confidence issues struggle, um, growing up as well. And then when I started to do these challenges that started to shift my mindset about my own body and the way that I looked because I was like, yeah, sure, I might not look, you know, like the girls in magazines or whatever, or, you know, we didn't really have Instagram at that point, but look at what my body can do and look how that makes me feel. And actually that's pretty cool. So I started to own it more, 
you know, rather than the whole whole of my life, I was always comparing, thinking like, oh, my legs are like this in comparison to other girls and whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, but look at what my legs can do. And that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there were all these kind of shifts. And that's why I said, you know, it's a very personal thing. But as you start and you've just got to keep pushing through these times when you don't want to do it and sometimes give in to it, of course. But then ultimately, I think it comes down to what you really want for yourself you know, do you really want to, you know, I can only speak for myself, but I really, as you kind of probably picked up, I really wanted to make something of myself and, and you know, I wanted to be someone that was driven and, and determined and committed. And I think that I can't go and do that every day. You know, I can't go and do big challenges every day, but every day I can like choose to be that person in how I live my life. And so it's kind of like making those small micro choices every single day, like the compound effect that we were talking about last night mm. um, to actually just say, right, well, this I want to be this person that shows up for myself. I want to be this person. And of course, I don't get it right every day. And I'm not, you know, I'm not super motivated all the time. But, you know, that's that's just kind of that commitment that I made to myself. And I think it just it's like a daily practice, anything that you want in life. Like one of my favorite quotes is, confidence is like a muscle the more you train it the stronger it gets mm -hmm. and when I do the work with young girls that I do I go into schools and I say you know you're here and every single day you're practicing and you're learning and you're training to be good at any subject that you want or any sport or any music that you're focusing on but actually what are you doing about your confidence and how important is that in every single other area of your life so it's that mindset of thinking, you know, we, we don't just roll out of bed in the morning thinking, oh, I'm going to take on the world today and I'm going to be like this and I'm going to do that. You've got to you've got to train that that part of you and that mindset, I think, daily. Yeah, I think it's amazing. As with anyone who achieves like a goal or completes a challenge of theirs, whatever it might be, let's say it's climbing a mountain, for example, an easy analogy, like the actual climbing of the mountain, you get to the top. You know, everyone says, oh, well done. It's amazing. In a sense, that's the easy bit because everyone gets to see that and you get the gratification. The hard bit is doing all the work before that that no one gets to see is the everyday training, preparing the stuff that you do for yourself. And I think that's something that a lot of people stop at because it's hard to motivate yourself to do this thing without everyone going, oh, well done. And you're talking about taking those micro steps and then how that leads to great change. And as you mentioned, just the, the compound effect of your uh, small actions just over time can lead to great results. And one of the quotes that Adam and I really uh, love is one that... Don't overestimate what you can achieve in a day and don't underestimate what you can achieve in a year. Yeah. yeah. Because if you overestimate what you can do in a day, you can put pressure on yourself. But if you just mm -hmm. do a little bit every day, then over a year that will add up into something that, yeah, that's really exactly. impressive. I think so So many of us can relate to the fact that like, you wake up every day and you've got a massive to-do list and you often just feel overwhelmed at the end of the day you just go, oh my God, what did I do with my day? I only got three things done. And actually, when you just chip away at everything and, and to your point, Sophie, when you think to yourself, are my actions for today aligning with my greater goal or what can I do today to chip away at that and actually get that done, then that will create a massive difference over time. So you'll look back in the year in review and you go, wow, I actually did that. 
small to-do lists, that's the trick. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you mentioned there about the work you do with young schoolgirls, and that's through your, is it a company, Trailblazers, or project? Yeah, let's call it, a, yeah, project, exactly. Call it a project, yeah, yeah, Trailblazers. So can you talk a little bit about what that is and why you're doing it? Because your write-up about it on, on, on your website is it's really interesting and the reason and you know some of the statistics about young girls and how they struggle with depression mm. and mental health, issues. mental health issues and what it is that you're trying to do to combat that and your reasoning I think it's it's incredible work so yeah if you could just talk about that. I, I sure can. So after quite a few years of doing all of these challenges I remember I think it was um, I love what I just go. I remember. I think it was. <laughs> I question myself. <laughs> it was February 2017, and I thought, right, it's. I'm ready for a ne- new chapter, but I didn't know what it was. So I went up to Scotland, which is my favourite place on the planet, as I mentioned before, and it's it's where I always get my inspiration. And I rented this little Airbnb place that had its own turret, which I thought was super cool, mm-hmm. um, in the middle of nowhere. And I stayed there for a month, and I just was like going out and exploring during the day and stuff like that, and then I come back and. Um, and I basically remember one day I just, I was just like, right, I'm ready to brainstorm this next chapter. And I sat down and I had all these pieces of paper and I just started to brainstorm trailblazers. And at that time it was really kicking off about this epidemic of, of, you know, young people's mental health. And I think now post COVID it's, it's, you know, astronomically worse, um, of a situation, Um, And I just thought, yeah, I really want to do something about this because for me, you know, all of the conversations that we're having, all of these really fascinating things that we've all learned, um, you know, all of us learned this after we got out of education. (laughs) And that that was really for me, I was thinking, I'm not really sure that education necessarily equips us with the the tools and the confidence that we need to navigate the modern world. Um, So I thought, well, I'd really love to go back and work with some of these girls and share some of the the things and the ways that I've learned the things that are really important to me, um, which is obviously through the outdoors and through adventure and, you know, being active and stuff like that. And um, so I I created Trailblazers and then um, I partnered with six schools in and around London and basically the the first programme was um, I would go in, do a talk for the whole school and then they... The, the teachers had already pre-selected sort of like 15 girls. And a lot of these girls are described as like invisible. So they're not, um, you know, they're not failing on their exams. They're not misbehaving. They're not getting into trouble, but they're just invisible. And their mantra is to sort of like to not be noticed because they they just they have so much pressure on them constantly that they just don't want to put their hand up in class. They don't want to put themselves forward for anything. They don't want to be seen or heard. They just want to kind of like try and exist and get through the day without causing themselves any more trouble. Mm-hmm. And it could be because they've been bullied before in their lives. Um, some of them were suicidal when they came to trailblazers. And wow. I find it incredibly sad, you know, all these wonderful talented gifted kind special young women just not feeling great about themselves and one of the exercises that we do in trailblazers is we I get them to basically kind of like dump down all of the pressures that they feel from the world and the 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 amount of like pressure and judgment they feel and all the different areas that it's coming from and it is always the one that brings like the floods of emotion because some of these girls will talk about things that someone maybe said to them like years and years ago or talk about things that they never shared with anybody, but they feel safe and supported in the environment that we've created to be able to share that um, and be a bit vulnerable about it. And it's just, and I, I basically, at that point, like when they read it out, 
it's absolutely insane hearing it and they'll it's like the constant the constant sort of criticism they're getting is like you're too fat you're too thin you're too short you're too tall your hair's this your nose is too this you're too stupid you're too clever you you eat too much you eat too little like you're too you're too whatever it is and and I understand when you're getting that, how do you figure out who to be? Because it's coming from all sides at all times, from peers, parents, social media, like, you know, all sides. And so I understand why you would want to be invisible. You just want to stay in the middle and not ever have too much from coming from either side. And when I, when I, when we do this, um, they, they sort of, it sounds to me like they're, they're, they're living with all of these rules of how they have to be, mm. how they should look, how they should dress, who they should be, what they should be achieving with their lives in order to be kind of accepted by other people's definitions of who, they, of you know, whatever it is, right? It's a very small box they're being squeezed into yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. And I turn around to them and I say to them, who, who makes these rules? And it's complete silence. And I'm like, I think it's the first time that, you know, we 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 touched on this last night about how much power we can give to other people to define who we are and who we should be and how we should be and and i say to them you know these aren't rules of life like mm-hmm. you can be however you want your nose can look however you want because that is you mm-hmm. you know you can wear whatever you want like you can you can be clever or you can be what whatever it is that is you so a big part of trailblazers is helping them have the confidence and actually giving them the space and the time, the support to actually like be away from all the noise of life and take the time and feel supported enough that they can actually start to figure out who they actually are rather than who the world is constantly telling them to be so that they can start to rise like in their life as the person, as that person. And they can step out of trailblazers and they can feel like, oh, actually, I can start to take these steps and to build that confidence in actually who I am and go out into the world and do make different choices for myself. I feel so inspired by that. And I think those stories, they're really resonate with me because actually one of the things that we have in common is that um, we were both bullied in school. I saw from one of your posts on social media that you were bullied in school. And I think it's, Unfortunately, it's an incredibly common thing to go through when you're in school. Apart from Adam, you didn't go. You didn't get bullied. I didn't get bullied, but I definitely got picked on. But it was nothing. I wouldn't call it bullying. Yeah, and and it's hard. Um, I remember being in secondary school, and you know, my mom raised me to have confidence in myself and I would always sit up at the front of the class I would raise up my hand and um, I would be just naturally quite confident and in secondary school I would be bullied by a group of girls who would tease me for doing that they would tease me for what I would wear because I wouldn't have the fashionable shoes and my mom couldn't afford to you know pay for the 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 popular shoes and things like that or they would pick on me because of my accent or how I spoke or my hair just anything, anything. and you know I had experienced two years of having to go to the bathroom and at, during lunchtime and eat my lunch there because that was the only place that I felt safe and I did not feel safe when I was outside of the classroom because the teachers weren't around and, you know, I had my art projects torn to pieces and then, oh. you know, just this horrible feeling that you get in the morning where you just don't want to go to school mm. and you start wanting to become invisible because maybe then then you just won't get picked on. Yeah. And I love the fact that you're doing this work because I know that it's changing lives and 
yeah, it makes me really emotional because, <laughs> like, I just, <laughs> I feel, yeah, it's 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 very important work, and so I, I just really admire that you're doing that. Well, I really admire your strength to share that story today and to be so vulnerable about it because you know I might be doing this work, but I think everyone you know, who has the opportunity to, to show up in this world today and say, hey, that happened to me when I was younger and it was horrific and we need to change the system mm-hmm. because that the system is what's broken, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then, you know, these poor girls are, are having, you know, anxiety and so mental health issues and then, you know, then they're going to doctors and having medication for it and actually it's, you know, and, you know, how does that make them feel? Yeah. And actually, they're not the ones who are broken. The system is and it, it's horrendous. And a lot of what I do with the girls as well is like basically helping them realise like if one girl had come to you one lunch break and said, hey, I noticed that you never join us in lunch. Would you like to come sit with mm. me today? Oh. That could have, I've got all the, the hairs going up now, but that could have changed your life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm showing them and I'm saying, look, it doesn't need to be much, but every single one of you has the power and every single one of us has a power every single day to make a difference in someone else's mm-hmm. life by being kind, by noticing that someone's not there or they're not being included or standing up for someone or whatever it is. And I just want to do like what I can to sort of try and change that system and just sort of get people to think about things differently. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I felt a huge difference when I went to university because there I could choose to, I was able to be myself in a way that I hadn't been able to be myself during secondary school because I could join different societies. There were societies for business and management, marketing, or I joined the fashion show society and I was able to work on, you know, doing the PR and doing organizing, you know, events. So my nerdiness or my enthusiasm for for things and 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 wanting to be social I found my people and mm. I found those groups and I was celebrated yeah it was celebrated yeah. and and it, I just remember there was a complete shift because then all of a sudden I belonged and people you know I, I made friends and it was just a weight was lifted off my shoulders and to be able to have had that in secondary school and mm. it just it would have made the world of a difference because no one should have to go through the feeling of feeling so sick in your stomach that you just don't want to face the day ahead. And luckily, now I can look back on that and go, that just made me stronger. Yeah. These days, if I if if anyone, you know, because bullying happens in at, at all stages mm. in the workplace as an adult, yeah. it does, yeah. you know, unfortunately, in relationships. Just, in relationships, it does not get left in the playground. And now as an adult, having been through that, I now know when to just cut people off if mm. if they're being bullies and call them out mm. and and stand up for other people, stand up for myself, stand up for others and be the type of person that, yes, you're in a group with people and you notice that someone is kind of sheepishly on their phone, but you kind of, you can relate, you know, oh, it's because no one's talking to them. So you go over and you ask them questions and mm. you introduce them to people and then you realise like they light up because they're like, mm. oh, thank God, someone's talking to me because yeah. we're, we've all been in those situations. Yeah. Yeah. So being really attuned to other people's body language emotions and all of that but teaching teaching these young women in in these early stages of how to pick that up and also how to build confidence mm-hmm. in themselves so that you know that you these things that people say about you 
they do not define you and this this it, it won't be like this always I think it's so incredibly powerful what you're doing and meaningful and yeah as I said I just really appreciate that work that you're 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 taking your experience and you are you're inspiring the next generation because I'm I'm sure you're the same where there's been pinnacle moments in your life, conversations, mm-hmm. teachers, um, role models in your life. They have said something, they've sat down, they've had a conversation and it's really stuck with you. Um, I had I had a teacher who, I think when I was um, 12 or 13, she taught us how to spell determination and perseverance. Those were the two words. And I always think back on those two words. And isn't it incredible that that a teacher can have that effect by mm. just explaining to you what does that mean for the and then, rest of your life and for the rest of your life yeah. it can be like your safety you go okay determination and then the perseverance to keep going you get the knocks you keep going so yeah it's you're absolutely right it is the most well it's not the most but it's really horrendous when you feel that way and you know I just remember even I got bullied in primary school and then again in secondary school one of my friends one day just sort of I don't even know what happened but all of a sudden she was just against me and I just had to keep going into school every day and you know then you got the horrible thing where friends have to decide who to invite to birthday parties Mm -hmm. and you're the one that's not invited and it's just and I was so grateful that I had my family and I just remember you know I was like well this thing is going on, but I didn't feel like it was me. I just thought this is to do with dynamics and I'm just, I've got to just keep getting through this because, you know, I know who I am and my family know who I am. And it's almost like, you know, whatever, whatever happens in our lives, you know, we are all going to have curveballs and knocks. And that is a huge driver for me of why I want to be someone that's resilient and, and knows who I am and has the tools when those knocks come to go back to the things that I can do for myself to bring me back to who I really want, like who I know myself to be. Um, and that comes back again to this challenging concept and, you know, and just generally being active and being able to like push my body on a daily basis and feel physically strong, mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I feel, thank you so much for sharing that as well and for being such a, a great supporter of Trailblazers. I really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I also find it interesting to think back on the girls that were bullying you because like what is it that causes someone at such a young age to be so horrible they were clearly not happy people and well, that it's, it's it's the whole thing right hurt people hurt people yeah mm. and and you can't blame them either because there was obviously things they were just going kids. on yeah and there's things going on in their life and even if they're not just kids even as adults you know the trolls online if you have any or just people that say just nasty things there, There's something wrong with because them. Because when, when exactly because when you're happy and you're fulfilled, you don't talk to people that way. No. You te- you you treat people with kindness and with respect. And even if you don't respect someone, you 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 are professional. Mm-hmm. You know, you just but going out of your way to hurt someone then you must be hurt yourself and and those same people they need love and support as well yeah and forgiveness yeah i wonder if you've ever knowingly or maybe unknowingly worked with anyone through trailblazers who has potentially been a bully in school because obviously that is a person that needs as much help as as everyone else it's just it's hard to identify and help them yeah that's a really good point um i I was going to say i think i think that a part of it as well is 
everyone is basically jostling for their own place in the world. And, you know, everybody wants to be somebody. And I'm not saying that everybody wants to be famous or all these kind of things. But, you know, that's a huge part of us all growing up. And I think that that's part of it, too, is that, you know, the system that we live in, it kind of pushes everybody towards the top. And it, you know, talk about first, second, third, like that's massively common in schools, right? Mm -hmm. It's a constant comparison between the people who are at the top and the people who aren't. Mm. And, and that is every single day they live with that. And then now they've got social media and now it's about likes and followers and all these kind of things as well. So it's added a whole nother dynamic of like who's at the top. And, you know, the world that I would love to live in is where we're not all jostling for this one place at the top or the, the top three or whatever it is. But it's like, actually, we live in a world where there's more than enough space for everyone to shine. And, and actually, let's cultivate that and let's share and let's, you know, let's help each other rise, which is, you know... What you, what you do really fantastically um, and I'm sure probably a large part of your motivation to do that and to help others rise and support them in their own journey is because you know you didn't necessarily have that when you were younger mm-hmm. um, and and that is wonderful and I think you know if, if people listening to this podcast can think you know how can I do that I, I can I just touch back on something you said really quickly um, you said about like a conversational someone in your life that could really made a difference to you and there's a part I take the trailblazers on adventure camps and there's a part in in that um, where we do this reflection and it's so rare as well now that we actually write something like write a card and I know that you're a fan of that as well mm-hmm. and I um, ask I give them all a postcard and obviously a pen and I ask them to write a thank you card to someone in their life that really showed up for them or you know, was there in a time of need or said something that really helped them, Mm -hmm. you know, and it could be someone they've not spoken to for 10 years. It could be an old relative or an old friend or a teacher or whatever it was, or their mom or, you know, their friend or whatever. But I'm like, take a moment and write a thank you card to this person. I want you to write to write to them and say what it was that they did for you, how that and how that impacted your life. And then after that, I want you to think about the role that person had in your life and how you can then be that person to somebody else Mm -hmm. that needs it. And so it's like, it's just kind of cultivating this sort of, this giving back, I guess, um, you know, energy. And and the tiniest things can make the biggest difference. When someone gets that postcard, they would be like, you know, really, really touched about that. I love that because I actually think that is incredibly brilliant, actionable advice for anyone listening is actually do that exercise. Yeah, that's why I wanted to share it. Because I was like, if people are listening, and even if 10% of the people are listening, sit down right now and write a postcard to somebody, you know, that's going to put so much goodness out into the world. So please, guys, can you go and do it? (laughs) We would love that. I think that's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. So we have a question here from Pen Chow, who is asking, what are your future dreams and what is something you're still in awe at that you've done? Great question, Pen. I love it. So what are my uh, future dreams? Um, Well, I'm really excited because I'm starting a mindset coaching qualification at the end of September and it's quite intensive. It's about two or three months, but it's going to equip me with the skills that I need and the knowledge and the qualification to be able to go and help people on their own transformational journeys in life, whether that's building confidence or life coaching or breaking down fears or addressing, you know, the, the limiting beliefs that we have. Um, and using the power of, of adventure and being outdoors and being active 
on a level that suits the person not the people that I'm working with of course it wouldn't be like okay you have to go and do some crazy challenge that I've invented <laughs> um, so I'm really really excited about that um, I'm also loving being in my van and um, I'm really excited to be reigniting trailblazers which is kicking off in September when the schools go back as well and you know just kind of like just working on these projects and then building up my business focusing on my community um and you know how can I create content that inspires and motivates people and yeah and just basically I also had like a bit of a, a, a quite a difficult time over like 2020 2021 and now I'm at the other side of that and professionally and personally I found feel in a very different place and I'm just really excited to take this energy and just build out the next chapter of my life amazing I love that yeah it's beautiful I'd love to ask you do you have a mantra oh a mantra yes you've come to the right person if you want a mantra of course I'd I'd say you have loads yeah so many and the thing is when I have been on my challenges um I do have I do have mantras that I stick to and it'll be different one depending you know on which what I'm doing and kind of where I'm at in my life at that time but um, sometimes I'll just literally like repeat that over and over and over again to myself because when you are saying something positive to yourself, there's no space in your mind for negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. So if I'm like really, you know, I'm climbing a mountain, it's dark, it's cold, I'm worried about altitude, sickness. This happened to me loads on the Alpine coast to coast and I'd be petrified and thinking of all the things that could go wrong and how I was going to feel and how hard this was and, you know, all these kind of things. I would just, my mum gave me this bracelet um, before I did the Alpine coast to coast and it said she believed she could and so she did. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of my mantras on that. I was just like, she believed she could and so she did. And it can be that simple. <laughs> I also love one day I will not be able to do this. Today is not that day. Wow. Um, I love that. That is that is strong. <laughs> I love that. And my philosophy is one life live it and, you know, not wanting to give up and, and basically just really realising that we have this incredible life here and this opportunity. And I don't I don't want to waste it. You know, I want to kind of grab that opportunity and, and hopefully inspire other people to to adopt similar philosophy and and really go for it in life I love this because I just want to bring it back to last night when the three of us were watching the sun go down over the sea here in Cornwall and we were talking about the chances that we're even alive right now experiencing the sunset and Adam you talked about some yeah the the Buddhist the Buddhist philosophy or the Buddhist idea of the likelihood of you being born of yourself is that if you were to look at the scale of the whole ocean and in that ocean lived one turtle and you were to throw a life ring out into the sea the chances of that turtle popping his head up through the life ring is the same probability of you being born and you being alive and I guess that's what your mantra is your mantra is saying not to take life for granted Mm. you know one day I won't be able to do this today is not that day was that it that's exactly it and that for me is saying I'm alive Mm. I'm going to make the most of it because you know our health our our time everything to not take that for granted and to go and to do the things that are important for you I suppose that's what you're all about yeah yeah and I I remember in your TED talk you talked about your mom's diagnosis Mm. and how that her health scare made you really realize and feel it in your bones that life can change in an instant we Mm. all know this we hear it all the time but it isn't until something like that impacts our life that we really feel and experience how fragile 
life is and that we cannot guarantee tomorrow and therefore really tapping into that feeling and going well I have air in my lungs today my you know I can walk and I'm um, it, it may be gloomy outside and I may not feel up to it, but I'm going to go out and I'm going to experience this because there's people out there mm. that would love nothing more than to have the ability to do this. Mm. And as per one of Adam's favorite quotes, which is. Oh, um, now is the envy of all of the dead. Yes, exactly. You think about all of the people that have come before us who are no longer here and mm-hmm. they cannot you know, they can't even go for a run yeah. or, or you know, challenge themselves or, or just just be here. And and I think reflecting on that and being appreciative of that makes us, propels us to live our lives to the full. Yeah, so it's really interesting because I read in a book called Buddhism Without Beliefs, which is one of the books that really changed my life. It's about Buddhism and the philosophy of Buddhism, but without having to take the religious aspect of it. Oh, I like that. And they talk about how you should meditate on death and the way the author kind of like described that because it's not something it sounds depressing to meditate on the fact which basically means to think about the fact that you are going to die that could be depressing but the way he puts it is like imagine you know if you hurt your thumb you you can't use your thumb you're you're without your thumb for ages you notice that and you can't wait till your thumb's back and then suddenly the day the cast comes off your thumb your thumb's good you really really appreciate your thumb mm-hmm. but soon that appreciation wears off Whereas if you were to think about how lucky you are to have that farm and how lucky you are that that farm works every day, you'd appreciate that farm and you'd enjoy it so much more. And that's the same about life. The more you can understand the fact that one day you are going to die, the more you can see the value in life. And it's really easy, I think, to intellectually understand, oh, yeah, at some point we're not going to be alive. But to truly feel that is really difficult. And I think once you really feel that, you only have one life, you actually start living it. Mm. I think that's absolutely spot on. (laughs) One thing before we let you go, we need you to come up with a code word for the listeners. So what that is, is if someone has listened this far into the podcast, then they can message us on Instagram or you on Instagram, the code word. So we know who they are. We know they've listened all the way through the podcast and then they can, you know, ask us any questions, follow up and like just chat about the podcast. Oh, I love that. Especially if it's an emoji. Try and make an emoji because then they can send us the emoji. Um... I wish you guys would give me time to refer this. I can answer all of your other questions, but this one. No, that's the fun of it. It has to be, well, it doesn't have to be, but I love it when it's random. Okay, I've just come up with rainbow. Rainbow. Nice. Lovely. Love it. Taking rainbow. Okay, rainbows. How do people find you if they haven't followed you already? Yeah, it's very easy. I'm Challenge Sophie on Instagram and my website is Challenge Sophie. Um, dot com and yeah please get in touch I love 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 having emails and if anyone feels like you want to reach out send an email or DM or whatever like that I'll definitely definitely reply and I'd love to hear your story or what you might be going through or what part of this conversation resonated with you and um, and like just support you on your journey going forward and I just want to say one last thing is that I know that a lot of what we've spoken about have been these like you know big challenges and and big decisions and stuff like that. And obviously that is an important part of my journey and the things that we wanted to talk about. But it's those baby steps and it's that that showing up every single day. And somebody said to me, it's, it's older friend, family friend. He used to say to me, just keep plugging away, just keep plugging away. 
and and it's it's those actually that's really where the magic happens like you need to have this great combination between the big stuff that really sends this message out to the world that says hey I'm ready for something different and I'm going to be bold about it and I'm going to be you know I'm going to make this step but it's then the, the work happens in the everyday you know and, and even like you said when it's rainy and it's miserable you know what can you do today to, to move your life forward even if it's just a tiny 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 little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. Well, I think that is a beautiful way to end the podcast. So thank you, thank so, you so much, so, so much for your time. Yeah, because yeah. we know you've got to go. You've got a flight to catch. I know. <laughs> no, guys, it's been so wonderful. I'm absolutely buzzing from not only this podcast, but from our conversations last night and just finally getting to hang out with you and be yeah. in Jits. And I think you're just two very, very special, warm, lovely, passionate, talented individuals. And you make a really fantastic team. Um, and it's been such an honour to be here with you today. So Yay. thank you so much. It's been great. It's been Until so much we fun. meet again. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. And thanks again to Sophie for her time. It was a really good conversation and we hope that you enjoyed it. Please, if you haven't already, give this podcast a rating, subscribe, whatever it is your podcast platform allows you to do because it really does support the podcast and and helps us get it out there. Yeah, it really makes a huge difference. And of course, another way to help us grow this podcast is if you would recommend it to family or friends. Word of mouth is definitely hugely helpful to us. It's actually also the only way I personally discover podcasts. I know we've said this before on, on the podcast, but that discovering in your podcast is something that's quite challenging it doesn't have an algorithm like youtube that will go oh maybe you like this maybe you like this maybe you like that so word of mouth get it out there uh, if people if you think you know someone who might be interested in our podcast then let them know about it thank you so much to everyone for taking the time to message us on instagram and send us on your code words we absolutely love getting we them. love it we love reading your messages and we get back to as many as we can so definitely keep them coming we love connecting with you we really appreciate you and we really appreciate this community that we're building in this podcast we cannot believe it episode 12 it has been what three months that we've been doing this yeah it's amazing so really we cannot thank you enough and we are excited to continue so we'll see you next week yeah it's, it's your messages of support that really keep us going and, and keep us motivated to, to keep going with this podcast so thanks so much and we look forward to all the rainbows yeah the Yay. rainbows <laughs>